Welcome to the Kevin and Philip Project, a podcast with two guys who love to eat, travel, talk sports, and have no idea how to raise teenage girls. Coming to you live from Salina, Kansas. Here are your hosts, Kevin and Philip. Thank you for joining us, the Kevin and Philip Project. I was just looking today, Philip, and I think this is episode 85 ish, 84, 85, and we're just about to 10,000 downloads. So, not bad for a couple of guys who are sitting at Buffalo Wild Wings one night and trying to decide what they wanted to do with their spare time. So, my mom's downloaded 9,000 times. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that is awesome. Oh, no. So, I am super pumped for this episode. Um, we're just going to jump right in because I think we may have to have a part two on this at some point. Um, I think we have plenty of material here to cover. Maybe I'm wrong, but I'm, I'm pretty pumped. So we've got uh, James Wessling with us. And if you don't know his name, you maybe know the voice when you hear it. Uh, he's been on the radio here for quite some time. And I was trying to think, James, when you and I first met each other, I believe, if I remember correctly... You were at 92.7, yep. which was a sports talk yep. station here in town. And that was back when Friesen and I were doing the Catbacker stuff. And so we came on the radio every once in a while and, and uh, talked K-State with you about some of our events coming up and just had a good time. I, I believe that's when we met. Would you, would you agree with that? Yeah, <laughs> that sounds about right. And, man, that was, that was a minute ago. That was like 2009. That w- I was trying maybe to remember 2010. How long ago. Yeah, that was a while because ago. 92.7 The Fan was not here very long, less than a year. But I, my full time nine to five job, is still with that same company. Okay, which has since bought KSAL, changed names a couple of times. But my office job, using air quotes, is uh, still working for that same group. Okay. Are you doing marketing or what? what uh, so doing? I'm the operations manager. Okay. So I oversee all of our on-air people, our morning shows, our news department, sports department. Um, and then every once in a while I pop on with our sports director okay. for In the Zone. In the Zone, yep. And uh, I do a little bit of sales okay. as well. So okay. I wear a lot of hats. Yep. Yep. No, that's that's cool. Um, w- what made me think of having James on this on this podcast with us was – uh, I mentioned this was probably, what, two months ago, a month ago, maybe. I was down in Norman, um, and I was down there for work, and, and K-State was playing at OU that night. And so I think it was that one. Was mm-hmm. it the girls or the guys? And it was the guys. It was the guys. Yeah, okay. it was Valentine's Day. Okay. So, yeah. So I went down there and uh, was sitting in the hotel room and or in the lobby of the hotel, and all the K-State players started coming out. And I, I had forgotten at that embassy, that's where the teams usually stay. And then I thought I saw James walk by. He was pretty serious. He had his head down. He just went right to the door. But I thought it was him. <laughs> and then I was sitting there is this thinking. pre-game or post-game? Pre-game. Okay. Well yeah. before the yeah. game. And I was thinking, man. You know, heads I've, down it might have been after the game, right? Yeah. <laughs> that I was an ugly one. A few good wins. Yeah, that was an ugly one. So, But no, I and I thought, you know, I, I've heard him on a couple of games. I think I've listed you a West Virginia game or two this mm-hmm. year. And I thought, man, it'd be really cool to have – we have an ESPN announcer here with us. And so I thought, let's let's get him on. Let's talk about what uh, what his routine is like and things like that. So let's start with this, James. 
How did you go from 92.7 and, and the operations director at, uh, at the media company that owns those radio stations to calling games for ESPN on TV? Oof, man, uh, that could be a two-hour episode <laughs> in itself. Uh, well, I uh, around 2018, 2019, so not that long ago, um, I had always done radio play-by-play. Right. Loved it. I mean, I am hooked. I am an addict when it comes to play-by-play. And then I, I kind of thought that it might be interesting to just try something different, and I've always been intrigued by TV. They are so completely different. I mean, they are night and day. And you might not think that because it's still play-by-play, but they are so incredibly different that once I got a taste of TV, I realized it was going to be an incredible challenge. So it's tougher than you're saying be tougher to do TV than it is radio. Uh, no, I think they're equally tough. Yeah. They're just they're they're so different. And I really I had radio down. You know, I was pretty good at it. I had done it for a decade, um, a ton of games. And so I think I, I just wanted a new challenge. And TV was challenging for me and still is because I'm so used to radio. It's it's hard to make the transition. Um, but long, long, long story short, I'll start in 2019 when I, I started exploring TV opportunities and uh, there was a job posting for an online stream for a company down in Texas and I sent them some radio tape and they gave me a shot. So it was college basketball. It was preseason. Wasn't even games that would count on their record. And I drove down to Austin, Texas. Stayed down there for three or four days did seven or eight games from a studio. I wasn't even in the gym. And that's how I got my first tape. And I knew that, you know, if I had a little bit of tape, I could maybe get more gigs, and it just kind of compounded that way. My big breakthrough was uh, just last year. I did Central Arkansas games down in Conway, Arkansas. Mm -hmm. I drove seven hours down on a Friday for football and drove seven hours back (laughs) on a Sunday because I knew that it would look really good. Right. It was on ESPN+. Plus. I knew that the demo reel would look really good, and it did. Um, Central Arkansas, who hired me out of uh, uh, about 30 other people, um, I had sent them a, a reel last summer, and uh, they, they liked it. They were joining a new conference, and so they had a consultant that was helping them with their broadcasts because it was their first year of having their games on ESPN+. Plus. Okay. The consultant that they had hired worked for ESPN for 30-plus years. He was retired. He was actually part of ESPN's COVID layoffs. Um, and I knew that he thought I was pretty good. And one night he flew up from Florida, was in Arkansas. I remember it like it was yesterday. We were sitting there having dinner, and I jokingly said, hey – do you think you could get me a linear ESPN game, which is really ESPN? There's ESPN Plus, and then there's you and two and main ESPN. And he kind of laughed and said, you know, I, if I still worked there, I probably could. I think you're good enough. Um, and he got me some emails, and I sent them tape uh, last spring, right around this time, about a year ago. Got a couple uh, responses. They ghosted me for about three months after. <laughs> and then in July... They sent me three football games that they were going to hire me for. I was ecstatic. They ended up hiring me for two more. Little did I know, the people that hire at ESPN for football and for basketball are completely different. Okay. So I had five linear ESPN games. I had ten total. 
for the 10 games, I had four different bosses. Oh, four wow. Dif- four <laughs> different people hired me. For the five games I did for regular ESPN, I had three different people hire me. So, like, there's a lot of moving parts, and half the battle is just knowing who to right. contact. Right. So, for basketball, there's basically a four-person team that I didn't know were completely disassociated with football. I thought it would just all kind of roll over. Yep. And... um I started with a lot of what I call polite persistence, emailing the basketball crew once I found out who they were about every two weeks. And finally, in January, uh, they never responded to any of my emails. In January, they said, hey, we want to send you to Morgantown, West Virginia for Baylor, West Virginia. Uh, I freaked out, got That's ready. That's your first big break in basketball then? Correct. Yeah. Yep. Just this past January. Yep. And little did I know, it was an audition. I didn't even think about that. Right. I was just so happy to be there. And be working a game like that. And then uh, got back. About a week later, they sent me an offer. And it was eight games. They ended up adding on one more, which was a Houston game. And Houston was number one in the country. It was on ESPN2. And then they hired me for three NIT games. Uh, They got me all the way through the first three rounds. And the last one I did was on the main ESPN. Was it at uh, Oklahoma State? Mm -hmm. Yep, Oklahoma State. That was the last one I did. I, I did... The last two Oklahoma State NIT yep. games, I did their quarterfinal game and then the round. Tell me, did, at Oklahoma State, did they have much crowd for the NIT? It was a little over half full. That's um, it? Yeah, you know. It just doesn't draw the way the other tournament draws. You know, I was just talking to a buddy today uh, at my office job who asked me what my favorite arena was, and maybe it was top of mind, but I said Oklahoma State. Like, I love that arena. It's yep. super compact, super yes. loud. There's a lot of history, and – I, you know, it sounds really loud on TV, but there's only about seven or 8,000 people right, in there. Right. If they pack it, I mean, I can only imagine how loud it yeah, gets. Yeah, and I, and I just, I always, we, we've talked about on here before when they did the addition to Gallagher Ibud. Because every time you see it on TV, that upper deck is pretty empty. I mean, I used, I went there you know, when I was younger, when it was just before they put that addition on top. And then I just went there again this year. And honestly, that's the first time I'd been to Gallagher Ibud since they, I mean, it had been 20 years. Um, and it was way different. I didn't feel like it was quite as loud, but again, there, you know, there's a lot bigger space and the same amount of people just spread out. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, they did some good things with the, oh, the, what do you call it? The, with the concession stands and that kind of that area, mm-hmm. a lot of updates, but again, it was 20 years if ago. You, so. If it was, uh, if you went back there 20 years ago and, uh, was blindfolded and then came back today onto that campus, you wouldn't even know you were oh, at the same yeah. place. Right. It's complete. Mm, From when I was in high school and college, it was an erector set building, and the old Galbra Arena was a hay barn. Yep. Now they're the whole place is unbelievable. I went to the Texas Oklahoma State baseball game and stood outside last Sunday. It's completely packed, and it's better looking than the minor league park in yeah. Kansas or Oklahoma yep. put together. Right. It's just unbelievable what they've done. That tells you that if you and can get you a Boone Pickens, <laughs> yeah, to yeah. We're gonna, and we're going to get into that. A lot that of good things. A lot of good things will happen yep. for you, but it isn't. It may, but but it's fun. One of the fun things I think about your job doing this stuff is going on those campuses right. and seeing each absolutely. Campus and yeah. I've never been to West Virginia. Beautiful campus. I mean, it looks like it when they show it on. Yep. And I, I and me. I want to get yeah, into some of those know. places. Yeah, I can. I can. I, I'll be uh, very blunt about my thoughts on some of these places. So Stillwater to me reminds me of Manhattan before it was more commercialized. Stillwater still has that really old school college yes, town I would feel agree. to it. Yep. Uh, I've stayed there a couple of times. I've also stayed in Oklahoma City when I've had games down there. Um, but the thing I love about the arena 
is one, the actual like out of bounds on the sideline of the court is super close to the students. Right. I mean, it has the smallest scores table, the yep. most narrow. I mean, I can barely fit these charts on the table. And then the students are right behind us. And it's just, it makes for such an incredible atmosphere, at least courtside, regardless of how many people are in the crowd. I want to go back to, you are talking about the difference between radio and uh, TV. To me, radio would is the tough one because you've got to paint the whole picture. We're going left to right here. We're going this, yep. and you, everybody's got to visualize it. Yep. Now, the TV side of it, everybody's watching the same thing you're watching, more or less, other than you get more of the feel of it than us sitting at home. Um, so I think uh, the the radio probably makes you a better TV person, in a way. If you I, I would agree. I, w- I would I would 100% agree, and my perception would be that if you started with radio and went to TV, that that would be easier mm-hmm. than starting with TV and then right. going to radio right. from I think that, so too. which yeah. obviously is a is a move that most people probably don't make. If you're on TV, you're probably, I mean, you can still do some radio stuff here and there, but but maybe not a lot of it. But yeah, I would agree with that. So, yeah. so Baylor, West Virginia, your your break from a basketball standpoint. How much notice did you get on that one before you had to be in Morgantown? About a week. Okay. Um, they don't give us a ton of notice, especially when it comes to the postseason. I did Oklahoma State's second-round NIT game. I had been gone because they sent me to Albuquerque, New Mexico for the first round. The I, pit. The, the pit. I did a game at the pit. But I had just gotten home. I had been gone, I think, nine straight days for basketball. I was flying from one city to the other. And I just got home and sat down because they told me that Oklahoma State's second-round game would probably be my last. Um, I got home from a, a nine day trip, sat down to eat dinner. My phone rings and it was them. And I picked it up and they said, Hey, we've got one more and we want to put you on main ESPN. And, uh, I freaked out. Can't really in, say in, in no the, to that. In the best way. <laughs> yeah. Flipped out in the best way and turned, I, I ate dinner. I packed, turned around, left the next day, uh, left Monday afternoon for a Tuesday game. And then that was my last game because they maxed me out. So ESPN, a contract employee like me, who's a 1099, uh, they have, because of the payroll company that they work with, you could only work 15 events. And they maxed me out at Mm. 15. That included football. Correct. I did five football and I did 10 basketball. But my 10 basketball. Well, football season came first. So take us back to football season. Where did you, (laughs) was you in Central Arkansas this year and that was part of the five? I I, I did. No. So I did 10 total. I did five for Central Arkansas because. But that wasn't a part of ESPN. Correct. That was, I was hired by Central Arkansas for that. And that was really, I've met some great people down there and I still love it. It's a long trip. Like, yeah. I've gotten kind of spoiled now that ESPN pays for all my travel. Well, I was going to ask about that. So they do pay for your they travel. They do. I'll, That's I can, cool. I can get yeah. to that in a minute. Yeah. Uh, but I did five Central Arkansas, and then I had Kansas State's opener uh, against South Dakota. That was yep. my first ever yep. ESPN linear event was okay. K-State, South Dakota. And then the second week, they sent me to Tulsa. Third week, they sent me to Tulsa. Then I had a big gap because once you get into October – the announcer list gets cut in like half because so many teams are on by. There just aren't as many games on the main ESPN channels. But then it picks up again in November. And so in November, I did the FCS playoffs. I went to William & Mary, which uh, is up in uh, Williamsburg, Virginia. Cam Newton was there. His little brother plays for William & Mary. (laughs) 
He was in the student section having the time of his life. He was on my flight the next day and looked really rough. Uh, <laughs> I think he had too much fun. And then uh, the next week I went to Furman and uh, did f- uh, a Furman game. And, uh, and then I had a break in December. Uh, I, I did some Central Arkansas basketball, and I filled in for K-State on some stuff. Did a women's game at Texas on radio. And then it picked back up again in January. So one thing I struggle with is being okay with the unknown. Yep. I never know my schedule. And yep. it used to just drive me nuts. And now I'm really working hard to just kind of accept that, that the phone can ring at any time, or I could have a two-month hiatus. You just don't know. But um, the, you're telling me now they're stretching you from Furman to Albuquerque then they don't care where you live. They just nope. say, you just go. No, and they love my story. Uh, small town Kansas kid. You yeah. know, not a lot of people nationally know about Salina, Kansas. I usually start with, you know where Wichita is? Yeah. Yeah. Just about an hour, hour and a half north. Yeah. Salina You're and Kansas ESPN City are not guy, the though, same from thing. around here. Uh, Coachman, he's a... Yep, from so the first. Salina, yeah. Yeah. first. I think yeah. his parents still live Jonathan here in town. Coachman, and he still comes back every yeah. once in a while. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's 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 really cool. They They... Like I said, they love my story, and I just am incredibly grateful and blessed, and I tell them that all the time. And, uh, you know, everybody else I work with is from these huge major markets. Right. So, um, yeah, it's been really cool. But real quick on the travel, they do pay for my travel. Um, there is a Disney ESPN portal that I log into when I get my assignment, which is coded, and I can either go in and book it myself or I can call – a 24, this is incredible, a 24-hour-a-day, seven-day-a-week travel agency that is just for Disney and ESPN. <laughs> That's how many people they employ. Yeah. And I missed a flight one night in That's Chicago. What, believe it or not, Lisa's friend, Holly, does that for Philip 66. Okay. Yep. Full-time Philip. Yes. So I mean, Philip 66 and Conoco travel so much. It just blew my full mind. Full-time. It blew my mind. Um, and I called him, and it was super easy. I was like, you're man. A bit, you've hit the big time it when you get like that It felt like the big time. Yeah. Like, man, yeah. I, just three years ago, I was driving to Hillsborough, <laughs> Kansas, like doing NAIA games. Yeah. So uh, it, it that that part has been incredible. Okay. That, yeah, that's, that's cool. I, that was my question. I wondered about that because, obviously, with short notice like that, a lot of time flights are – significantly oh, more and expensive. And I see the and, I don't pay for it, but I see the cost right. and I'm like they're really going to spend, yeah. you know, x amount of dollars yeah. to send me to Akron, Ohio. <laughs> yeah. like, it's just right. nuts. Yep, yep. So so football, basketball, um when you were doing Bethany and stuff, I I think you've probably done baseball and other things in in the past. What's what's your favorite sport to uh to be on the mic for? Um so basketball's the sport that I played growing up. But what I always find myself, because uh, I get that question a lot, is if I get that question asked during football season, oh. I always say it's football. Yeah. If I get asked that question during basketball, I always say basketball because I'm just so into both. Baseball and softball, I, I enjoy, but they're so different than basketball and football, especially from a broadcasting standpoint. Yes. And that's the only sport that I didn't play growing up. Right. Um, so I don't know the ins and outs, like the X's and O's strategy-wise, like the others and so i'm just not as good right. at it i'm not as comfortable but i'll do it i still like it but definitely football and basketball my I, top baseball kills me because when i think radio specifically how much dead time you have to fill in between pitches and obviously it's better yeah. I, I just saw today they've announced that so far this season the, they've cut an average of 32 minutes yep. off of the game. You know, time I'm, I'm a old school and uh, don't like change. I mean, I don't like change at work. I don't like change anywhere. Um, 
and probably I would agree with people that bitched about all the rule changes. So far, they're everyone perfect. Yeah, they just they work. The they're running more. The stolen bases is up like forty percent over this time last year already. The length of games is shorter, and only one pitcher's had any trouble in the whole league with the pitch. Yeah, yeah. I like it. Move. Yeah, Let's me too. Go. Oh, yeah. Me no. too. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm sorry. I should have okay, told you. We the, go off on tangents. I a love lot. tangents. <laughs> there's a funny. There's a funny story though, and that's when we were talking about these baseball guys doing you know euchres been in Milwaukee all these years and he he can do a baseball game unbelievably but in Milwaukee this week they changed the everybody else in the league has seventh inning and no more beer they've oh, extended I did it to the that. eighth inning <laughs> yeah. in Milwaukee I did see that like, yeah, yeah. We weren't, the people are complaining not getting enough beer <laughs> yeah I mean, games I, are moving too there's fast. enough Ubers <laughs> and Lyfts out there nowadays like it'll be fine well I we'll thought that's but I, I mean I guess you, in Milwaukee you think first. about that Philip that was probably when when they're talking about shortening games one of the things that probably didn't come up is the fact that if we're only playing two and a half hour games instead of three and a half or four hour games, your concession sales yeah, are going to go right. way Plum down. It. Yep. I would never even thought of that until you just mentioned that. Yeah. And you're like, yeah. Eighth so, inning now. Yeah. yeah. So huh. I've never been to a game in Milwaukee, but I hear it's just beautiful. And I'm sure that the beer flows and probably a lot of fun. Yep. Still cool this time of year. So yeah, this time of year, yeah, for sure. All right, back on topic. Sorry about that. I started that. that no, was my I love fault, this. So. I love it because I, I listened to you guys a couple other episodes. And I knew you were big baseball guys, and uh, so I I love it. I'm here for it. When you were at the when you were at the Oklahoma State game, and you you evidently get to meet the coaches and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Boynton, is he uh, smart enough to know who was going to be the national champion? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, tell, tell him what, yeah. what he told you. Man. And I heard this on – I listened to, like, a 10-minute little interview you did with a guy on a rock station yeah. or something, mm-hmm. and you mentioned this. Tell him what he Man. told you. So that, that's that been some of the most exciting uh, aspects of this whole journey lately is the people I get to meet. Like, yeah. guys that – like, I, I still go a little bit, like, fanboy on some of these guys. Like, starstruck at, at first. You know, now I've gotten to know them. I've had several Oklahoma State games – like, it's just so surreal to me that Mike Boynton knows my name and, like, gives me a pound. Like, as they're tipping off, he comes over and says hi. Um, but you really do get to know these coaches. And so I asked him after they got snubbed from the NCAA tournament. I put my phone away because I take notes on my phone. That was kind of like the bat signal that I wasn't going to be using this on the air. And I asked him, I said, hey, you know, you guys were the first team out. Does the NCAA tournament committee tell you why you didn't get in? Do you get any feedback? And he said, no. Not really. He said, we watch the selection show as a team just like anybody else. Uh, we assume it's because we didn't have one or two more quad one wins. And then he went into his big spiel about why they should have gotten in because he hasn't been able to tell anybody at the NCAA. They won't listen right, to him. Right. Um, so he was talking about their non-conference, and they lost to Southern Illinois, who ended up having a really good season. But at the time, it was considered a bad loss. And the, tur- the tournament committee brought it up on national television. They brought up specifically that loss after the selection show. And then he goes, you know, we lost to them, and we lost to UConn, who I think is going to win the national championship. (laughs) This was the first round games in the NCAA tournament had taken place. We were just getting to the round of 32. And I I just looked at him funny. He's like, no. He's like, they're the real deal. They beat us by 10. Could have beat us by 20 or 30. They're a four seed. So, you know, I was like, UConn? Like, what? What's this guy talking about? And sure enough, they just blitzed their way through the tournament. Mike yep. Boynton called it. He called it. And uh, sure enough, he was right. I had him in the finals. 
Does that count for anything? That's on my pretty bracket? good. So I had a. I, that's how I won the two that I won. That's how I won it because I got all the points from UConn because everybody, yeah. nobody else in in the entire pool had either of the championship uh, game participants, and I had UConn, so I jumped over everybody with that one. Man, Mike Boynton is such a cool dude. You know, the only thing when I look at him as a coach is sometimes I wonder if he's too nice. Like, his players love him so much. Yep. He's such a nice guy. But from what I've seen, I haven't seen him have to kind of flip that switch. It's like he's everybody's buddy. And I liked his Oklahoma State team this year. I think they should have been in. I thought they were better than Nevada and some of these other teams that got in late. But it is what it is, and they ultimately got upset. Well, and they were penalized the what two the year years before. before? Yeah, the yeah. year yep. before. So they should. Yeah, we've got gotten a, into that. They should have got to make yep. that. Oh they should have got to make because they should have never been suspended. And, and that still before. stings. I mean, they yep. still talk about it openly. Oh, I'm not down an Oklahoma there. State fan, but they got cheated. It's yep. about as good as yes, you they can did get cheated. Yep. So since we're talking about Boynton, let's. You gave me a list of some coaches, um, so let's talk about a few of those um, that were on that list that you gave me. Yeah, um, I and, pull and you it mentioned up. calling some of or calling some of the games of some of them. I'm assuming that Houston game. You mentioned Kelvin Sampson on your list. Did so. he say the f word very many times during the game? No. Uh, well, I couldn't hear during the game, but he didn't at practice. You know, we go to practice the day before the game and the day of the game. Yeah. Um, at least one or the other, sometimes both, and so that's really what you get to. You get to know kind of what these guys are like behind the scenes. Um, Kelvin Sampson didn't cuss much, but that was the most intense practice of anybody I've covered. I mean, they were locked in. They were going balls to the wall like it was a full-blown two-hour thing. It was intense. And I had Houston winning the national championship because of that. You know, I'm very biased. I've seen these guys. I'm like, these are grown men. And they got upset. Um, So the coach, though, that – does cuss more than any coach I've ever been around is Richard Patino, who's uh, Rick Patino's son. Yeah. More than Frank Martin? Uh, well, I don't. I was around. I wasn't okay. around Frank at all. Okay. Just I, as like I was a student, I wasn't really getting behind the scenes okay. stuff. Okay. But even Patino, when he came over and talked to us at his shoot around, like f bomb every other word. Yeah. <laughs> He's from New York. You yeah. know, they're yeah. from that area. He yep. was at Minnesota. Got fired. His team was okay, uh, but it was just like that New York thick accent. Every other word was the F word. So <laughs> that kind of caught me off guard, to be honest. You, normally, coaches don't just talk like that when they're talking to us. How long do you think before Houston is on uh, the NCAA's hot list? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Kelvin's got, Kelvin a, Kelvin's got a rec- yeah, record there that I know. can bring down a school pretty quick. I don't know. I just think – I don't think he's he cheating. is a great coach. Though he was great, we everybody at Oklahoma loved him. Great teams all the time. Went to Indiana, yeah. did a great job. He just leaves. <laughs> but also, here's not the in a thing. Good mood. Here's the thing, though. All this stuff that all these coaches used to get in trouble for. Oh yeah, it's okay. Is, now. is legal, legal now. now. It's yeah. fine. He yeah. can do what he did then, and nobody's going to blink an eye. All these programs. So yeah. no, I think he's fine. Well, since we're talking about OU, how about Porter Mosier? you have any interactions with him? I did. Uh, One of the best conversations I've had with any coach was with him. I really like him. Uh, I had K-State Oklahoma, so I had Oklahoma once. I had K-State two or three times. They lost every time that I had them. I was uh, the opposite of their good luck charm. But – Kevin Couple. asked that you're not doing the other games. Yep, I'm going to call ESPN (laughs) right now. (laughs) Right. Keep him off K-State. So the K-State-Oklahoma game, a couple notes from, from that one. Uh, Mosier is a, a great guy. I know their entire team is transferring out right now, which I really think is going to be the detriment of 
him in that program because he's not built to go get one and done transfers. He told me, we're building a culture here. We've got a bunch of freshmen. They had a really high retention rate from his first year right. to his second year. And so I'm, this is just got to – This might be the he gets the Notre yep. Dame job. Yeah. <laughs> Has Notre Dame hired yet? I don't know. I don't think so. Because he, he, he was supposed it. to be high in the running yeah. for the oh, Notre was Dame he? job. Okay. Ah. He's a Chicago guy, and he's from Makes up sense. that way. Huge Catholic. and so Wouldn't have to go very far to recruit. Yeah. I think he's a great coach. Yeah. I don't think he's a great recruiter because he doesn't like the transfer portal. But he was one of the well, most. It's impressive. time for us to get a different coach then. Cause, <laughs> yeah, because you need because you have to have it. Yeah. Now. He reminds me a lot of Bruce Weber. There's a lot of parallels. Um, super nice guy. Sat down, talked to him for a good twenty or thirty minutes, just me and him. And watching his practice, he's incredibly intelligent. I think sometimes he's too smart with his players. Like he is just talking a million miles an hour. I couldn't follow him. Everything was so detailed on how they were going to defend K State, and his players just looked completely lost. But, you know, they were locked in, and they were trying to understand what he was saying. Yeah. So I think he's a really good X's and O's. I think he's really smart, but I don't know that he's super relatable. Players need it simple in today's game, yeah. yep. and he's not that way. Well, and, and listening to sports talk, I mean, at, down in Oklahoma when I'm down there, everybody loves him. Like everybody that's ever interacted with him, yep. talked to him, been around the program, thinks the world of the guy. They just question whether he's ever going well, to do well enough loved, at OU. To, right. Everybody loved Barry Switzer until he went eight and four, and then they yeah. Barry and Barry. <laughs> yeah, all the well, time. So it's it's a win first. I did not mentality. think we would be comparing well, Porter Mosier to Barry Switzer. <laughs> well, on this no, podcast. I'm just fans, <laughs> well, fans I, I, I themselves. Gotta, I got to tell you guys a little bit about that game. So that was also the first time I had K State. Okay. In in that capacity on linear ESPN. I had interviewed Jerome Tang locally for KSAL on the radio a couple times, but that was the first time that I met him in person. And it was not a great first impression. And I'll tell you why. It has nothing to do with him or his personality. It was just the situation. Number one, K-State had a horrible practice against Oklahoma. I knew going into that game they were going to get beat. And I wish you would have told me that before I placed my bet. I was going to say, hey, that's one thing, you know, and that's a whole nother topic. Uh, had a lot of Zoom meetings with ESPN about sports betting. Um, so going into that game, felt like K-State was going to get beat. He pulled all five starters off the floor, made them run, do wind sprints oh, wow. during practice. I mean, he was as livid as you would ever imagine a guy like Jerome Tank being because he's so upbeat right. and positive. Right. He was not that way in practice. So he rips the starters off, gets the bench on. They, they, again, they just have a horrible practice. I go to the bathroom, and so I, I come back, and they're done with the shoot-around. And he, looks, he, he does not want to talk to me. Like, they had a terrible practice. I'm late for this little uh, conversation. Told him I went to K-State, and he smiled and said, you know, that's pretty cool. And he did answer my questions, but he basically, I mean, he kept kind of looking around like, I got to go. You know, like yep. the bus is going to leave. Yep. And, in the moment, he was as polite as, as, you know, he could have been. But thinking back on it, it's just like, man, that was, that was not a great first interaction with him. Well, and, and I'm going <laughs> to – Caught I'm, him on a bad day. Ca- exactly. I'm going exactly to take it a step just further. Caught him, caught him on a bad day. Because yeah. I caught him later in that same day at the hotel – as the players were, as I mentioned before, they were getting on. After the, the loss. Cor- no, no, no. This was been before the game. After after the practice shoot okay. around, they would have went back to the okay, hotel. Okay, so you caught them in the same mood. And then they were leaving the hotel when I saw them. And I talked to a couple of guys uh, for a few minutes. And uh, everybody was very cordial to me, except for Tank. Like, I mean, he, 
I don't know his personality, the way he he he, and I'm not saying it's that. I I don't. I'm trying to think how I want to word this. He, I expected that conversation to be a little lighter and happier, and you know, hey, you know, I'm down here in Norman That's going a, to the game, whatever. And it was exactly just like what I thought too. Hey, thanks for coming, and that was pretty much it. Like he didn't want anything to do with that conversation, even though they were all just kind of standing around doing nothing. So yeah. makes a little more context behind yep. the mood he was in, I guess, that yeah. day when uh, yeah. when I did well, have glad, a chance I'm to glad talk that, to him. Yeah, so. <laughs> I'm glad that we both got a taste of that. Yeah. And these coaches are so, you know, schedule-oriented that sometimes coaches do kind of – it kind of makes me feel like we're an inconvenience with some of them. Others, just want, like, like Mosier, just want to get to know you as a human and uh, Boynton's a guy that, you know, we're not friends. But – he makes you feel that way. Right, yeah. Right. It's just different with everybody you interact with. Yep. What about Huggy? <laughs> I love that guy. I mean, and not not just because of what he did the one year he was in Manhattan, but I think he gets a bad rap a lot of times for some of the things he says cuz usually it's correct. It's just what people don't want they don't want to hear it. Um he's very seems to be very brutally honest with people and and of course that always comes off uh mean i guess <laughs> but uh how have your interactions been with him man uh i love the guy i love him to death um he is the 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 guy that you see at press conferences uh where he's speaking that's just how he talks right like, that is him he's authentic and he's kind of a jerk you know <laughs> at times right uh my first interaction with him west virginia was zero and three in big 12 play oh it was the Baylor-West Virginia game. Both teams were actually 0-3 yes. going into that game. Yes. So it was a huge game because whoever lost was going to be in big trouble. And King McClure was my analyst who kind of knew what Huggins was all about. West Virginia did not let us go to practice. It's the only practice that I have not been allowed to attend. Um, so I got to talk to him about an hour before tip. And I went over and I sat next to him in the bleachers. And he gave me one-word responses for every question. And King picked up on it right away. He's like, this dude doesn't want to talk to us. Right. Like, let's get out of here. I kept pressing uh, and uh, never got more than a word out of him. The second time that I had West Virginia, I felt like we bonded, like a little bit. Uh, I told him I went to K-State. He was in a much better mood. West Virginia was playing much better basketball. I was able to attend practice. We went into his office, just me and him afterwards. And instead of asking him about basketball, I asked him where he liked to drink. Like I said, hey, you know, where are the, like, I'm in town. I want to go get a beer after the game. Where's the best place to go? Guy lit up like a Christmas tree. <laughs> I thought he was going to invite me over to his house. He started telling me where he lived, how there was a great bar right across the street. I'm like, okay, we're bros now. And then I asked him about his team, and he went back to, yeah. he, gave me, he gave me two word answers, which was better than one. But he'll talk to you. He just doesn't like talking about his team. And then uh, the last time I had him, I didn't have a lot of time with him. Reminded him that uh, I like beer and I like K-State, but West Virginia was playing K-State, so uh, got the, the, the two-word responses again. Yeah, he's uh... – <laughs> So when he tells you this, let's chase a little bit on this, uh, did you find some pretty cool places in West Virginia that you could go uh, eat or have a beer at? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't like Morgantown. Uh, it is so – it is the polar opposite of everybody else in the Big Twelve. Yep. Like it's a great, it's a cool place to go. Like Shouldn't I'm glad be in I, the Big Twelve. No, guys, <laughs> it's not Big Twelve. No, no. no. Ha, have you guys been there? Yeah, I've been there once. Okay, yeah. 
Have you, Phil? No, I'm no, I, you, you don't. I don't have to go there. I know they're not it, Big Twelve. It, 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 no, <laughs> it, it is. It's, it's like you're in the middle of. It's Big East country, ACC. Right. It's yep. not Big Twelve. Like it blows my mind that these kids from Texas and Oklahoma and Kansas are going to Morgantown, West Virginia. Uh, well, you, who's ever going to be their true rival is what I always think. Now, the new Big 12, right. maybe they'll find With one. In the Central Florida and some the, other schools that are over yeah. there. Guys, but. I don't think they'll ever have one in the Big 12. I, I can't you see know, it. You've got Pitt, the backyard brawl, which they've, yep. they've brought back in football. They played this year for the yep. first time in like a decade. They play every year in basketball, so at least they have that. But in terms of, you know, in the conference, nobody. No. It's no. so different. It's I've never been there when the sun's been out. Uh, I've been there like six times, and it's always dark and dreary. Doesn't matter what time of year. The pictures look great on the are internet. There, are there fans right on top of you? As yes, well? right yeah. on top of you. And man, it's their their fan base is brutal. Uh, absolutely brutal. And King was telling me about hillbillies. Hillbillies. Yeah, that's that's well said. Uh, so it, it's a cool place to visit. There are some great places to eat and drink and hang out, especially down on the river. It's just so – it's kind of like Bran- – it reminds me a little bit of Branson, Missouri, without all the tourism <laughs> stuff. Just in terms of the terrain, it's a right, lot like the, it's right. like the Ozarks. Yeah. The hills. Yeah. The hills. Yeah. And yep. uh, I get car sick. I thought I was going to throw up like three or four times. And uh, But their students love us, the announcers. So that that part is fun. Um, outside of that, though, like that gym, it's not nice, guys. No. It's really yeah. old and, and run down, and it, it needs a makeover. I don't know how they – it's a mirror. Bob Huggins, I know he's already in the Hall of Fame, but, like, build the man a statue that he wins as many games as he does right. up there. Yeah, no, when – I haven't been in the – I was there for a football game. I, I've not been in there for a basketball game. I went by the basketball arena. It reminds me a lot of Hilton Coliseum from the outside. It's just – there's, like, nothing to it. Well, at, at Lloyd Noble, honestly, is very similar to that, right. too. It's just concrete. There's no – there, there's just Good nothing place for to a it. I, there's no other yeah, way not to a say basketball it. game. It's, it's right. just odd. That's yeah. Lloyd Noble. Is it's it's horrible. The yeah. the day that you guys played, there wasn't two dollar beers. Eighteen hundred people. <laughs> no, there. Oh, there was nobody there. It's it's the it's truly. I used to buy my mom season tickets every year, and uh, it was more old people to go to the game and mm-hmm. set. They don't get up. And if you do get a seat in front of some of them and you stand up, they'll hey, sit down, sit down. You know, so it's that kind of a crowd. And there's no student section. Yeah, you have to go back and listen. I about got kicked out of that game for for oh you got because I ended up, I just went down, sat down. I ended up what a fourth or fifth row behind the K State bench. Okay, um, everybody. BJ Finney was there actually. I talked to him for oh, a couple cool. minutes, but um, everybody in that section right behind the bench was wearing purple except for this one guy and his son. And it was his job to piss everybody off in that section. <laughs> he did an excellent job of it. Well, so. well it was I mean, $2 beers. He was really yeah, working his yeah. way up to being an ass. And that, that was maybe Oklahoma's best win of the year. I mean, they yeah. played out of their mind. Well, no, they beat uh, Alabama. Alabama. Oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. Was that? The Alabama game was before. You're right. Yeah, right. at Alabama. Yeah. Yep. They beat that Alabama. That was the Big 12 SEC. Yep. And they yep. lost four in a row, and yep. then they beat K-State. Yep. They were the most inconsistent. And oh, now man. with two guys returning – I can't see they're gonna. They'll no. be they'll be last place they, they next will. year. They will. Be That's what everybody said about K State. There's hope. I yeah. don't think there's but hope. Yeah, <laughs> it's a different you know, animal. As a K State fan, like everybody within ESPN, my analyst Lance Blanks for that game, which is a super nice guy. Uh, the producers, everybody knew I went to K State. Um, we all went to college somewhere, so obviously I was really into that game, and I was getting so mad that K State was playing just 
like garbage. And during during timeouts, Lance was giving me so much crap. He's a big Texas guy, so he doesn't like Oklahoma either. Uh, but I was just getting so frustrated, and he was really enjoying that. Now, he said, he said, hey, you're doing fine on the air. Nobody can tell. You're still getting excited for Oklahoma <laughs> plays. But I was just getting so pissed that that was maybe the worst game that K-State had played all year, yep. and it was the one time. That was the worst game they played all year. <laughs> That's, uh, Kevin was Worse there, and tech. it was Valentine's Day, tech. and Kevin it was Valentine's didn't take Day. his wife. <laughs> oh, so I, just pay, so I, offered, right. I offered. <laughs> she doesn't want to go to K-State game. It, I you guys hear Kevin talk, and you know that he's got these beautiful words that come out of his mouth, but now his daughter is a published poet chasing she a is, rabbit here. Yeah. He's in the I'm, newspaper. I'm trying today. to get my hands on that book. Salina so. South uh, had a group of kids, I think 19 of them maybe, yeah. that have put together poems and uh, somehow turned them in and, and got them published. So congratulations She's to making Morgan. making diving catches if, yesterday uh, at softball field and getting her poetry published today. You know, so. Seriously, I, I probably need to hit her up because vocabulary is a huge part of what we do. You know, yep. I've got charts that I use where – I write down a bunch of different ways to essentially say the same thing so you don't sound repetitive. Right. right. You don't want to say the same thing good every time a yeah. guy hits a three or yeah. driving every time a guy goes to the rim. Yeah. So I write down all these little different so, terms. So calling a K-State game, being a K-State alumni, being a K-State fan, do you have to, in your head, keep telling yourself that, I mean, you have to be somewhat partial. I mean, you can... You know, especially like this K-State-South Dakota game. You know, those kind of games, a lot of times, it, it would be there's guys that are for the home team that are that are calling the game. But but a game like that, do you find your catch yourself a lot of times, like in that situation being pissed off or if K-State's doing well, being overly excited for the situation and try to keep it even, or do you just go? I just go. Uh, you know, I kind of – look back after the game, and yeah, during commercial breaks on TV, you know you have three minutes to kind of collect your thoughts, and you've got producers in your ear walking you through the next steps, so there is a lot going on, but in the moment, no, I basically just black out for, you know, two or three hours for basketball, a half a day for football, and then I look back at, at some of the moments. The one thing I will say is, like, doing K-State, I just know so much more about K-State right? because I went there, and I've been a lifelong fan. K-State West Virginia, we did an awesome halftime feature on Bob Huggins' one year at K-State that everybody forgets about. Early in the week, the producers email us and say, is there anything you guys want to do specifically? And I said, yeah, I want to do this feature on Huggins. And I tell them what I want, and they go, and they get the tape. They got tape of Poland and, and uh, Beasley and how it was kind of the rebirth of K-State basketball because he was a huge part of that. And then I had uh, Baylor, West Virginia, and Josh Eilert, who's an assistant at West Virginia, was on that staff with mm -hmm. Huggins, and I had talked to him at practice, and he told me that, yeah, you know, he was from Osborne, and he had three kids, and he was married, and he met his wife at K-State and all this stuff, and so coming out of a commercial break, they have a shot of Eilert, and I rattle off all this stuff about the guy from when he was in Manhattan. And the internet went crazy. I was on the message boards. Well, I wasn't, but it was on right, the message boards. Right. And they're out of, you know. So just the overall knowledge. Same thing when yeah. it comes to football. You know, I was able to tee up my analysts talking about the history of K-State and all the great dual-threat quarterbacks they've had because I had Adrian Martinez first game. And uh, so, you know, I asked him about Bishop, who I know you guys have had on the podcast. And I asked him about Roberson. And I could talk about Beasley. And all these guys that, yeah, unless I went to K-State, 
I'd have to do some serious right. research to right. go that far back. Yep. Well, I just, uh, yeah, I mean, I, and I didn't know Eiler still. I knew he went to West Virginia with Huggins, but still I didn't. On re- staff. Somebody, it just came up a few weeks ago. And I didn't realize he was still on the staff there at West Virginia until somebody just brought it up a couple weeks ago. So yeah, he's been there the entire time. Yeah, and he's because he, he was just a GA. Do you at meet? State, um, right? Do you yeah. meet multiple assistant coaches as well? Yeah, I do. Like the, um, um, Kelvin Sampson's assistant coaches both played for him and have followed him everywhere. Hollis Price and Qantas Watt. Yes, oh, Hollis Price, yes. Yeah. and I and didn't he, they realize followed that. Him to every school that he's yeah. went at, he's, so, and he's they're Houston's assistants. Now. I know, and I didn't. I loved those Oklahoma teams. That was the Oklahoma team those that made two, the Final Four. Yes, that team there, and those two boys are both from New Orleans and yeah. grew up together and have now been assistant coaches See, together all over the country. And that was a fanboy moment for me because I didn't realize they were on staff, and so yeah. I was at practice and the SIDs pointing them out, and I'm like, oh man. And I loved those Oklahoma teams. So I walked up to him and I told him, I'm like, hey, like, I loved those teams. I loved watching you guys. I play. wish Oklahoma would go get one of them. Yeah, we've already we've already missed out a couple of times. Hollis Price swinging. would be a phenomenal hire. Yep. Well, I've I've got a couple other names here. We're almost at an hour already. Are we really? Yeah. Oh, it, man. No, it just that's what we all we're, we're when gonna we have, have to do somebody, like a three parter. When we have somebody come on, they're always like, No, we haven't really fast, I haven't even but. got to more about because me and Kevin, a lot of the things we talk about is food, yeah, and drinks and things like that. Um, and you get to go to these cool places. You got to go see some cool places to go out and eat. And who has the best parties after the games, or who has the best <laughs> parties before the games? You got to see that stuff. So throw one out there. I mean. Oklahoma State wasn't winning at the time, but I would think sometimes it could be pretty fun. But we're we're would, yeah. Oklahoma sucks. It's we, there's no yeah. Norman's just like Oklahoma. It's Oklahoma City to me. Yeah, you know. You know what's the bad thing that I think we're going to get hammered at when we go to the Big Twelve? Our tailgating is horrible. To the SEC, you go to. I've gone to Georgia games before. That, games that way. Arkansas games. Um, their tailgating and pregame is so much more than Oklahoma's well, because Oklahoma's is just spread everywhere well, but, like a five mile circle. I'll be. I, I think the SEC. A lot of those places are the same way, Philip. I've only been to a couple games in the SEC, but the games I've been at are like that too. Like when K State played at Auburn, we went down there. It was like every. I mean, maybe I'm just thinking of Oxford, Mississippi, and Athens, Georgia. Mm-hmm. They, I know they get it going in Auburn. <laughs> it's spread out across the entire campus. Like every building every college has their own little party in front of it and and that's the one thing i really do love about big 12 and tailgating like when you think of iowa state when you think of k-state uh they just have these huge parking lots where everybody is right there right do you like that better i love it I I love it. Then then everything being miles apart, right? And and you're was, just in your little me, tiny group. You know where Doug and Reba go to the south end of the stadium, and all of my Express family people go to the north end of the stadium, and just to walk back and forth before the game to see them takes forty five. Right, that's what minutes I mean. Just to get from one yeah. side to the and other. I have somebody call and when me you're in Manhattan four beers in your hands. It's tough. I have somebody call <laughs> me in Manhattan and say, "Hey, where are you at?" I'll be like, "I'm in on the east side, eleven twenty two. Like, oh, I'm on the west side, four forty two. You want to come over?" And you can be five minutes, five ten minutes. minutes yeah. I'm, I'm there yeah, and, that's and having the, a beer. I, I really do enjoy that. Of course, we have so many Heisman trophies, statues. Yeah, yeah you like got to spread it all. We've got to spread yeah, everything. No parking out. lots yeah. there. Oh, I did eat at a really cool restaurant in Norman. It was right off campus. I can't remember the name of it. It was almost too fancy. Like it was really quiet in oh. there. Oh, could you, can you sit outside at it? Yeah, and it was I think attached to a hotel, maybe. 
Now there's one we go to a lot. What's it called? It's called. Uh, I never remember it's across the, names. the railroad tracks. I never remember names. I couldn't tell you. Think we'll have to come up here. with that one. So, yeah. No, so. there's. I don't. I never think that there's a lot of great things goes on there. As a matter of a fact, a lot of times after games, we leave and go to the casinos mm-hmm. and uh, get get away from that Norman area right there. As a matter of fact, at a OUK State game after K State beat us seven years ago, um, and five years ago, that K State got stole two my years truck. Ago and one what? year stole my yeah. Got, oh, that was we, we, we left, left the it. game. I yeah. was pissed off because we got beat on a field goal. We yeah. missed we missed three field goals in the game, and and I think it was uh, Trevor Knight might have thrown a interception that they walked in to beat us. Whatever. Well, after the game, I'm we're, of course we're all mad. We go to the casino and. Uh, Valeted my pickup, and the valet guys gave my pickup away to someone else. Wow. So I didn't have a pickup whenever I got up oh, the next man. morning. Of course, it got all caught on video of who came in and stole okay, it. Okay, so you got it back? Did you oh, no. It, it took about six or eight weeks before I it finally was found out in a field behind an oil pump. So they never caught the guy that never stole Never caught the guy, See, no. That, that's just that's crazy, man. It was on Indian land, though, so there wasn't a lot of, oh, you know, the Indian yeah, cops yeah. were looking for yeah, it, yeah, but yeah, I yeah, doubt yeah. they were yeah, looking for it. wasn't high on that priority list. Yeah. Yeah. No, my, so my routine – Really, for both sports, we get in the day before the game. Yeah. Some guys actually fly in the day of the game, which just gives me so much anxiety just thinking about yeah. that. King McClure barely made tip-off for one of our games wow. because he flew in the day of. It was the day that Southwest's entire system went yep. down. Yeah. I think it was Southwest. Yep. Yep. And he was stuck in Detroit. We had a West Virginia game, so he still had to get to Pittsburgh. And then you have to drive, drive an hour right. and a half. Right. The dude barely made tip-off. And... Uh, yeah. So he's going to do it solo. I huh? don't. I don't risk it. I get in the day before, so. Well, you never know what weather's going to be exactly. either in well, that oh, part of the country. And in today's climate, with airlines and stuff, there's no way. I yep. mean, they're canceling so many flights and changing and stuff like, around. I'm like King. Like ESPN pays for all our travel. Like we stay get in here. bougie hotels. Like why yeah. are you getting in the day of? So I get in the day before, and that's when I always find a really cool place to eat. That place is called the Mont. And Norman, the one that you were talking Demont. about, yeah, it's okay. really yeah, good. That, that sounds right. A lot of people go to the sounds to it before right. the, the games. I'll check that out next yeah. time yep. I'm in Norman. I haven't yeah. been there. So, uh, yeah, so I get in the day before. I research um, a good place to eat, uh, and then the day of, man, we're busy. We are really busy. Uh, basketball or football, you've got practice. You've got to put all your notes together or finalize your notes. You've got to be there several hours before game time. And then after the game, I'm usually just so exhausted that I go back to my hotel. I eat a lot of Chipotle on the road because it's quick and it's easy. And, like, you can't eat a big, thick, greasy meal going into a broadcast because you don't want to have to go to the bathroom or, like, be gassy, you know, the whole time. So, like, I'll eat Chipotle three times in a day sometimes, you know, breakfast, lunch, and dinner on a game day. And then the next day, usually depending upon what time my flight is or what time if I'm driving – I usually have time to do a little bit of exploring, and I do that, and then I hit the road, head back. Well, we're going to have to do part two, and we do part two. We'll get into more of food and and cities and and stuff like that because there's some things I I do want to ask about that. But uh, last couple names on the list that you gave me, and then we'll uh, we'll call it quits for for this podcast. T.J. Otzelberger, Iowa State. You had him on your list, so obviously you've had some interactions with him. Uh, what's your thoughts of, of the guy who wears shirts that are way too small for yeah. him? <laughs> the dude's jacked. Yeah. Like, it's legit. You see him in practice, and he's he's massive. Um, 
He's honestly probably the driest coach I've ever talked to. I don't have any great stories about him. I could tell you about Marquise Noel's fallout at Little Rock, which would be oh, way more entertaining. Yes. We, because Otzelberger is yeah. kind of a quiet – I don't want to say he's boring. He's a really good coach. His practices were really sharp. I did not see anything from Caleb Grill. I was stunned when he got kicked off the team or left the team or whatever yeah. happened. Because at practice, you never would have thought there was anything going on. He looked really locked in and like a big part of the team. But Iowa State, they're just a well-oiled machine. Otzelberger's a great coach. Scott Drew. Scott Drew is the guy you see on TV. He is a genuinely kind, uh, thoughtful human being. I've it's come not, around it's on not him. Fake. I struggled early on. And Me too. And part of it was that was that time when 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 you think about Baylor. I mean, they just had the murder on their basketball team yep. before he got there. But you, Baylor was horrible at every single sport that you play in college. And then within like three years, all of a sudden, they're winning basketball national championships and baseball. And you're like, football teams like going to New Year's Day Bowls. You're like, what the hell happened in the last three years? And I always thought he just, there was something, slimy is not the right word. But, but that's, you're right. That's I what struggled with him for a decade, decade yeah. and a half. Of, and I'm starting to come around on him a Everybody bit. thought that he was cheating. And I'm telling you, I don't think he was. I don't think that there's a a bone in his body that would do that. Now, I think that Waco has exploded. I think he got yeah. in to Waco at the right time. I think that somebody pumped a bunch of money into that. Chip and Joanna. Chip and Joanna, <laughs> right? Go to Target, get you some Magnolia Market stuff. I've been to Magnolia Market. Uh, but, uh, no, Scott Drew was awesome. He wanted to know He sets right there me. in the hub of every – I mean, who wouldn't want to be a coach in between – San Antonio and Dallas right. and Fort Worth and, and Waco's, Austin. Yeah. Waco's, like, Austin. their athletics, like, facilities yeah. are legit. Yes. But yes. he answered every question I had for him. Uh, was just a really, really nice guy. I think the last one on the list is Jamie Dixon. I I can't get past the hairdo. Like, I can't – if I was talking to him, I, I wouldn't be able to talk to him without staring at his hair. He's <laughs> <laughs> got Larry Hagman eyebrows that – He's got the, blow in the wind. I, I, he remind. He, he's got the Steve Lavin hair. Yeah. Does Steve Lavin still do stuff for Fox? I don't know if he you know does. What I'm about? I, yeah, no, yeah, he was UCLA. Yeah, UCLA yeah, and yeah. St. John's. Yeah, and, yeah, that's right. Yeah, uh, Jamie Dixon is like crazy OCD. Um, that TCU Oklahoma State game that I had, TCU Fort Worth had had bad weather the night before, and they missed their shoot around. Jamie Dixon would not talk to us. He has a routine. He was going to stick to it. I asked if he could just talk to us on the phone. Like, we're sitting at 7 o'clock in the evening in Gallagher-Iba Arena when they're scheduled to have their shoot-around, and their SID calls us to tell us that they're having trouble getting there. They weren't going to get in until super late. They were just going to skip shoot-around altogether. So I knew TCU was going to struggle against Oklahoma State, which they were down by 20 in the first five minutes. Those guys were dog-tired and didn't have any time to warm up. But Dixon just... Wouldn't talk to us at all. Uh, so that's that's my quick note about him. I thought it was pretty ridiculous, uh, especially when he was sitting like three seats over on the bus right. from the SID, who I'm on the phone with. Yeah. Like, just hand him the phone. <laughs> Let me ask yep. him four or five quick questions, yeah. and he wouldn't do it. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw one more that Maybe wasn't ego, on your list. Some of them have probably huge egos, and I'm sure that was just yeah. – it's just the nature guys, of the beast. Those guys make Everybody. a lot of money. Yeah. Money. I'm going to throw one more name out there. It was not on your list. This is not a coach. 
Um, but my guess is that you've had a lot of interactions with this guy and I think the world of this guy. So I want, I want your, I mean, I know you're, you're going to say that you, you like him, but, uh, you've probably had a lot of interactions with Wyatt. Oh, Wyatt. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, between in the zone. Well, those of us who, those of us who don't have a clue what you're talking about, like everybody out there listening, who is Wyatt? (laughs) So he's the voice of the Wildcats. Okay. So he's the guy that does football and basketball. So what's his name? Wyatt Thompson. Okay. So he's from Solomon. So just east of here, um, it's it's weird. I, I'll randomly bump into him at Lowe's here in town, huh. like getting some stuff for his mom or whatever. Um, I had a lot of, a chance to, to interact with him a lot um, during Catbackers. In fact, my daughter, when she was eight, nine, used to go to some of the Catbackers stuff with me. Um, and Wyatt always, always came over and talked to her. So now when I see him, First thing he always asks me is, "How's that little girl of yours doing?" You know, I'm like, "Well, she's not little anymore. She's a sophomore." But, <laughs> yeah. but uh, yeah, Wyatt Thompson. What what do you got there? Oh man, I love Wyatt. And yeah. you mentioned earlier that you were staying at the same hotel yep. as the team. I was yep. down there too. Yep. Total by happenstance. I didn't know the team was staying there. I just happened to book that hotel, and so I ended up spending a lot of time with Wyatt and with K State's SID Tom Gilbert. And I've gotten to know Stan for the first time in my life. I've always known of him and listened to him. Uh, but really connect with those guys. No, Wyatt's a huge mentor of mine. He is one of the busiest human beings on the planet, so it's amazing that he remembers stuff yes. like that. Yes, Your 100%. kids' names. No, I agree. Know. He uh, has no reason to remember me whatsoever. And I, I, Going back to that night at that hotel, so I, I talked to him at the hotel for probably 25 minutes when they were all, as, as all the players were in there, waiting for the bus to get there. Um, and we're sitting in Norman, Oklahoma, and I did have a K-State shirt on, but we're sitting in Norman, Oklahoma, and I was it was happy hour at the bar at the Embassy Suites. You get the yeah. the two free the vouchers, drinks. Right? So yeah, I was yeah, having yeah. a drink. I sat on my laptop when he had walked down there, and immediately he knew who I was. He walked over. He, he you know, greeted. we greeted and, and had a conversation for 25 minutes. And he has no reason to know who I am yeah. outside of our previous interactions. And he so, remembers me and Morgan every time. And a quick note on him. The guy is a machine when it comes to his work ethic and just who he is as a human. So sometimes K-State, you know, he flies with the team. And yep. that, I've done that a couple times. It's really cool. It's really nice because you're not on your own. You just follow them and go wherever yep. they go. Uh, but he'll get back at like 3 o'clock in the morning. And he'll be in his office doing radio interviews because he does an ungodly amount of call-in yeah, interviews throughout the lot. week, including us at KSAL. And it's like clockwork every Wednesday at 10 a.m. He's there. He's ready. He'll get back at 3 o'clock in the morning, and he'll be in his office by 7 or 8 a.m. Chugging coffee, just getting through. The guy, I, I can't do that. Like I, It's just it blows my mind. Him and Stan are both that way. They are just work to the bone. They love what they do and just two really, really good people. Yeah, and then I have – traveling for work um, and listening to other play-by-play guys on the radio, um, I have grown to appreciate Wyatt significantly more listening to some of those. Because when I'm in a town and there's a game on, I always listen to it. and I try to listen to theirs. And, and Sirius XM actually makes that easier. Yep. Because now you can go on there and you can listen to either broadcast. Yeah. Um, and listen to the other announcers because I always feel like, well, I'm partial to Wyatt. Obviously, I have a relationship with him. He's K-State. But uh, listening to a lot of those other guys, I have gr- I have a – because I see on the Go Powercat or some of those bulletin boards some people complain about. I'm like, no. if, if, if you guys listen to other people and then go back and listen to Wyatt again, you will appreciate 
what you get from him when you listen to him. Yeah. So well, and growing up, my dream was to Purple have eyes. his job. <laughs> you what? Purple eyes. <laughs> uh, yeah, but no. for all of you out there without purple eyes, that was Kevin's purple glasses uh, yeah, on again. I, don't know. I, I agree with Kevin, but I've got purple glasses on too. We're both K State guys, but yeah, that was my that was my childhood dream. Uh, was my dream until probably five years ago. I wanted to replace Wyatt Thompson as the voice of the Wildcats, and uh, now that I've done some TV, I, I I have found that I enjoy just being at a game and not having a dog in the fight and just calling a game and hoping for a lot of action and a really close score. I enjoy that more than calling for a team or a school. And if they yeah, lose, yep. I'm down. If they win, right. I'm up. And I think Brian Smoller will be the next voice of the Wildcats, yep. who is a yep. super Very, great guy. Yeah. Another guy that yes. I, I wouldn't be where I, he's one of the first people that gave me an opportunity on TV to fill in for him mm-hmm. on K-State stuff, on baseball and women's basketball. And uh, K-State's in really good yeah. hands when it Could comes to Could you randomly get called for women's basketball as well? I mean, you, yeah. have, you haven't yet, but you could for, 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 K-State, ESPN, for ESPN. For ESPN. Yeah, so ESPN, they kind of they – have their teams like I have emailed the person that does women's basketball. Yeah. I've tried to get some women's games for whatever reason. They've preferred to put me on men's games. There aren't as many women's games that are on linear right. ESPN and they kind of have their core group of men and women that do play by play. And so I don't Would it th- pay the same? Uh, I don't know. It's a great question. So I get I get paid the same whether I'm on ESPN U, ESPN yeah. two, or main ESPN. And no matter where you go travel to, Correct. it's the same. They pay yep. for my travel. I get paid a flat rate. Uh, the next step for me would be to be under a contract where they would say, okay, we're going to give you, instead of 15 games, we're going to give you 25, and we're going to pay you X amount of dollars for the year. We don't know what the 25 will be, but you're guaranteed 25 games. This year it was like, am I going to get one? Right. Am I going to get five? They ended up giving me all 15. So yep. we'll see what next year looks like. I really, I have no idea. I have no clue at this point. Well, that's couple minutes over an hour so um we're gonna wrap this one up i appreciate you coming on james when i asked him he's like absolutely jumped at the chance hope you had a good time we enjoy sitting here doing this it's yeah sometimes it's a little bit of therapy sometimes it's just having a good time (laughs) man this uh, this flew by yeah i think we got to maybe a quarter of the stuff that we so we will definitely have you on again do it to to cover some more of this stuff because yeah i've got uh Quite a few things that uh, we still hadn't talked about yet. So, uh, but we appreciate you coming on here with us. Um, I'm going to try to get this uploaded uh, tomorrow morning, probably before I uh, hit the office for work, and I'll uh, tag you on it so you can see it. But uh, any any parting words? Any anything you wanna you wanna bring up before we go? Oh uh, no! I okay. Hope I wasn't too long winded. No, I have not done it's, stuff like this. I it, you know it, this is one of those things that. What you what you what we're talking about that you do from a from a standpoint of these sports, obviously, I mean, we have a lot of people that follow our mm-hmm. podcast because of the sports piece. Yeah. It, it affects all of us. We listen to them all the time. Yep. I, I just never think about what goes because that's part of it too. Is talking about what you what what a day of game oh, yeah. day looks like. We touched on it a little bit, but going more details. But what are these sheets called here? Uh, front flip of me. charts. So there's flip charts sitting in front of me that he takes to all the games, and this is one of the things that I always think. These these guys have never you would have never know guys from North Texas, right? Right. So here they've got just highlights of the guys' skills, how to pronounce their names, all of these things that you don't think how in the world do these guys just know? Yeah. 
Yeah. Sissoko. Yeah. Yeah. And like K State's <laughs> recruiting Tyler Perry, who's a guard from North Texas, one of the top players in the transfer portal. Three weeks ago, I had no idea who he was. I didn't know a single player on. Well, North he's Texas. a North Texas kid. Yeah, I had no idea yep. who he was, but I got assigned North Texas, and you just dive in. And now I can tell you the, the guy's good. life story. Yeah. I'll tell you some great stories. Like, well, that's the fun part, probably getting to learn a yeah. lot of kids. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, so we'll, we'll have you back on. We'll get we'll get a little more in depth in some of that because yeah, we didn't even cover half of what I've got on here. So, um, Philip, nope, off off for another trip. I uh, me Guess too. What? Where are you going? I'm gonna go to the Dominican next week. Oh, week okay. from today. Nice. We're we're for about a week, I think. We're and we're then, leaving on the guys' golf trip. Oh yes, you're going to yep. Vegas. Yep, leaving Saturday morning for that. So I'll be. Uh, so next week there'll be no podcast. Dehydrated next week. So uh, uh, I'm sure we'll be sunburnt. So, yep. So uh, we'll uh, we'll be back in a couple weeks. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Kevin and Philip Project podcast. If you would like more information about our podcast, guests, and to join in on the discussion, please visit our Facebook page, www.facebook.com slash Kevin Phillip Project. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe to our podcast and tell your friends about us.